pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. The frontiers of energy medicine are broadening. Tapping into the body-mind-spirit interface to access the subtle energy of the human body can help maintain health and a high quality of life. Jinsenjitsu, which means the way of the compassionate spirit, is one form of energy healing. We've talked about others on the show, like chakra balancing, healing touch, and distance healing. Jinsenjitsu is a little-known Japanese healing art that can relieve pain, restore emotional equilibrium, and harmonize the vital energy of the whole person. Practitioners use nothing more than gentle hand contact at critical centers in the body to release areas of accumulated pain, stress, and disease. Our first guest is Kathy Calvert. Her horse fell right on top of her, shattering her ribs, dislocating her shoulder, and causing her lung to collapse. She'll share an extraordinary story of how Jinsen Jitsu left her pain-free following just a 30-minute session. Jennifer Bradley, certified Jinsen Jitsu practitioner from the Markey Cancer Center at the University of Kentucky, then shows us how she accesses the human biofield, the types of pain she's treated successfully, and the self-help maneuvers that we can all use for on-the-spot healing. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare the pain community, and Depot Med Incorporated. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Kathy Calvert is a practicing attorney in Kentucky. Before that, she spent 16 years as a registered nurse. Three years ago, she was involved in a horseback riding accident. Let's find out what happened. Kathy, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Take us back to the day of the accident. What happened? I was riding a little mare that I have, and I knew she had had some issues, but Mm -hmm. I thought we had worked through that for her. I had gotten on her and was just walking her up and down the shed row of the barn to see how she was moving. Suddenly, her it's, it was as if her back went out. She flipped over backwards with me on her, mm. pinning me between her shoulder and the stall wall. Wow. Uh, then what? She pinned me in the chest and dislocated my right shoulder, mm. fractured, shattered, really, ribs five through nine on the right side, and gave me a pneumothorax. Wow. You must have been scared to death, and the pain must have been excruciating. It, it was pretty bad, yes. Mm-hmm. And my concern was that I would pass out before the ambulance got there. And in fact, um, the gentleman that was helping me was one of the farm workers, and he forgot all English he ever knew (laughs) when he was speaking with um, the EMS. And so 
he had to hand me the phone. Right, so that you could tell EMS where to come. And Kathy, how much does your horse weigh? Oh, gosh. She weighs about 1,300 pounds, 1,400. Wow, that's an incredible amount of weight to fall on you. So they... Transported me to the University of Kentucky Trauma Center. Mm-hmm. On the way there, I had told EMS that my nail beds were turning blue. I knew I had a pneumothorax on the right and the dislocated shoulder. And then I, I think I'd also dislocated my finger, but trying to not pass out, I reset it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a pneumothorax is a collapsed lung. And so you wanted to make sure you didn't become unconscious. I was really intent on staying away because I didn't want him to lay me down. I, I knew that my oxygenation was dropping and that I would probably have to be intubated if they laid me flat. Mm-hmm. So they got me to the trauma unit. And they did a CT scan. I also suffered a concussion. Um, I was wearing a helmet, as all horseback riders should. I was not wearing my safety vest. It was hanging in my car. I don't make that mistake now. Mm, I bet. And Kathy, how did you get out of all that pain? I was transported at some point to another unit pending going to the ICU. Mm -hmm. And they put me on a morphine drip, which made me very ill. Mm. and it, all it did was mask the pain. But someone had given me Lovenox, which is an anticoagulant. Right. And um, they wanted to do a transthoracic epidural, but I ended up having to wait however long it took the Lovenox to clear my system and for my blood work to go back to normal. Sure. Once they did the transthoracic epidural, I had absolute pain relief, mm. zero pain, because yep. I was numb from the chest basically, to the hip. Yeah, I mean, that thoracic epidural must have been a godsend. Uh, Kathy, what was the type of pain that you had like? If you've ever had a broken bone, which I've had several, um, it was like that, except more like shards of glass in your chest. Mm. On a scale of 1 to 10, about an 8. Yeah. And every time I tried to take a deep breath, which I couldn't, I, I just couldn't breathe. Sure. And so if I did breathe, I had the movement of the ribs. I mean, I could feel them crunching. I could actually hear them crunching. And um, they had to give me morphine to actually lay me down in the CT scanner. Mm -hmm. So they pretty much knocked me out with that until I got the transthoracic. And then once I had that, I was up at the side of the bed, coughing, deep breathing, Mm -hmm. because I knew as a nurse the importance of not getting pneumonia. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a great example of how effective epidurals can be when we place them. And I I never thought that I would allow someone to do an epidural on me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But at that point, the pain was so excruciating, I didn't care. Right. I mean, it's understandable. And it made such a big difference for you. Oh, it did. Because immediately, from as soon as he walked out, I was like that up and started moving around. Right. So, I mean, you had quite a bit of pain relief. And then after six or seven days, they had to remove the epidural. What happened? Immediately, I was back to eight over 10 Mm. as far as the pain level. So the shards of glass in the chest were back. How about the shoulder? Uh, The shoulder was minimal. I mean, that was minimal and it had popped back in. So it was sore, but no, that that's nothing like the shards of glass in your chest. Because mm-hmm. you can't really move right. any direction to get away from it. So with this sudden onset of pain, I was literally sobbing. And in walks Jennifer Bradley. As a little bit of background, I'm, praise the Lord, a breast cancer survivor from 2000. And I was treated at the Markey Cancer Center. Jennifer Bradley was doing Jinchin Jitsu 
as a pain relief modality mm-hmm. for patients affiliated with Markey. And so someone had called her in to see me. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, I'm, I'm very pragmatic. It's, <laughs> there's a cause-response. There's nothing that I have done in my life, whether it be in nursing or it be in law, that was what I considered otherworldly, right. such as what she was describing. And at the point that I was at 8 over 10 in pain, I didn't care what she had to say, but if she wanted to try something on me, go for it. <laughs> no, that's completely understandable. And tell us about the session. What was it like? Jennifer came in. It was about a 30-minute session. After Jennifer finished, I had zero pain. It wasn't a masking. It wasn't like a pain medication would do. Mm-hmm. It was zero. I mean, I went to sleep. I, <laughs> and I went from sobbing uncontrollably just from the sudden onset of this pain yeah. to nothing. That's extraordinary. What did it feel like? What I recall of it was um, just a sudden peace or relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was just like a draining, a draining of the pain. I, I don't know how else to describe what she did. Mm-hmm. Kathy, where did she place her hands on your body? She did various holds uh, on my feet, on my hands, somewhere around my neck, and then under my hip Mm -hmm. to a pressure point or something there. And then she did the other side. And then she stood at my feet. By the time she was at my feet, whatever part that was of it, the pain had diminished. Wow. And by the time she finished, it was gone. Were you using anything for pain control at the time? No pain meds. Orally, nothing they had given me via the pump, nothing in my IV. Wow, that's remarkable. Now, Kathy, you said before that you're pretty rational, and you're an attorney. How do you explain this? Literally, what I said to her, she finished. I just looked, I mean, because I was asleep almost. Mm -hmm. And then she said, okay, we're done. And I looked up and I said, are you a witch doctor? (laughs) (laughs) What did you just do? Right, right. And so that began our friendship. That's a great story. Kathy, what's the hands-on pressure like that she applies? The same pressure you would have if you reached out to hold someone's hand. Very light. Right, indeed, very light. You had really complete pain relief. How long did that last? 24 to 48 hours. Wow. And then what did you use when you were discharged from the hospital? They sent me home on pain meds every two hours. Mm -hmm. So it was about... 48 hours after Jennifer had, I'd had the session with her Okay. that I had to switch to modern medicine, which is, you know, taking pain meds, muscle relaxants, heat, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I saw Jennifer two or three more times following discharge as a private patient. Well, and then did you get successive relief or cumulative relief after each one of those sessions? I would get pain relief, only it would last longer Mm -hmm. and longer and longer. The first session, I think, the pain relief was a week, week and a half. The second session, maybe two or three weeks. And by the time I could get back to riding my horses, I I wasn't going anymore. Wow, that's great. Now, were you using any other medicines or doing anything else to reduce your pain during these outpatient sessions that you had with Jennifer? Yes. Um, The Percocet... Whatever it was, I was alternating, but I, by that time, was doing it maybe one every six to eight hours. Listen, this has been an eye-opening discussion that we will continue. 
We'll find out what the doctor said about her amazing recovery, how Jinsen Jitsu relieved another one of Kathy's painful conditions, sciatica, and learn about self-help applications that have helped Kathy in moments of distress. Kathy, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you. Up next is Jennifer Bradley, certified Jinsen Jitsu practitioner. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Laboratories, a leader in the science of toxicology and pharmacogenetics, is transforming the way healthcare professionals monitor and manage their patients' medication therapy. Through the use of advanced technology supported by research and education, Millennium helps practitioners personalize care for patients. For more information, please visit www.millenniumlabs.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare. Connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com and dc2healthcare.com. Welcome back. Jennifer Bradley began training in Jinsen Jitsu in 2000. After five years of study and over a thousand hours of training, she became a full-time certified Jinsen Jitsu practitioner. She works at the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center, Hospice of the Bluegrass, and maintains a private practice in Lexington, Kentucky. Jennifer, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. First, let's go through this ancient form of touch therapy. Jinsen Jitsu is an ancient form of therapy. We say it predates the Buddha. And in fact, we also say it is an innate energy system. It's something that we all recognize, and it has been um, used throughout the centuries around the world. Jinshin mm-hmm. Jitsu is similar to acupuncture in that we think of energy as moving very specifically through the body. Right. Um, and as practitioners, or by using self-help, which is when we do this art on ourselves, we spark this energy system on the body with our fingertips, or with our hand or palm. This opens up the energetic pathways that we acknowledge as to be similar to the meridian system of acupuncture so that energy can flow more freely, be put back on its path, and people can have not only relaxation, but definitely changes in um, the effect in their body. Okay, so it's a hands-on energy medicine practice that addresses health imbalances and, as you mentioned, shares common roots with acupuncture and actually acupressure. We move our hands a bit on the body as we try to locate what we call these spheres of energy, which are safety energy locks Mm -hmm. along these pathways. Okay. And so we may have a little movement, but it is not massage. It's not pressure. Okay. And Jennifer, how did you become aware of Jinsen Jitsu? I wasn't in this world at all, but I was a caregiver for three years for my mother-in-law who was experiencing lung cancer and a brain tumor. Oh. And she had quite a bit of head pain. Yeah. She had had two surgeries, and I felt that this might be a positive effect for her. So I found a practitioner here nearby in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I saw the dramatic change myself. And I was also taught that I could put my fingers hold, put my fingers holding her big toes when she had head pain, 
And I was able to help relieve that pain as she took, of course, medication. Yeah. Um, I was able to do that until the day she died. Wow, that's terrific. Jennifer, give us the basics of how Jensen Jitsu views the structure of energy fields in the human body. What you call the auric field or the aura, we describe that as this universal energy. Mm-hmm. So as the sun shines on a flower, we have an energy that comes into our body as well. Okay. Surrounds our body. This is what we see as the auric field. Or I don't see it, but this is what is the auric field. And so these are the energies that we're accessing. And we do this with our very light touch. Um, We think of our hands not as a facilitator of moving energy through us or us channeling or filling someone up. We think of ourselves as the connector. Okay. spark between kind of the sunshine, as it were, and the body. Okay. And now tell us about those critical energy centers in the body called safety energy locks. We acknowledge 26 energy locks on the right side of the body and matching on the left. These, in medical terminology, oftentimes are what we might call trigger points. Okay. Um, They are spheres of energy. We think of them as being kind of about the size of the palm of your hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, They are located in specific areas of the body, oftentimes on joint areas. We think of these 26 on the right and the left as the main energy point. When energy starts to disharmonize, these start to shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking of it in terms of the electricity of your house and your fuse box, it's better to blow a fuse than to burn down the house. (laughs) That's exactly right. So these are located on numerous energy circulation flows, similar to meridians, that move through the body in an organized fashion, sort of like the nervous system or circulatory system. Yes, absolutely. And in some of these points are... And some of these spheres are where these energies intersect, mm-hmm. like a freeway system. Okay. Yeah, and then we, we do acknowledge also the chakra system of the body. We don't describe it in what we're working with, but these meridian energies at acupuncture, when they cross the energy of what we call the main central or the spine, is where they get additional energy to keep moving, and this is through that chakra system. And what happens when these energy fields are blocked? I mean, what do we feel? Um, people will notice that they might rub a part of their body and it feels, maybe it feels like a bruise. Mm-hmm. You know, and they think, well, I didn't hit that part. Why does it feel a little uncomfortable? Right. As they become more and more blocked, then we start to get physical disharmonies in the body. Um, as they get even further blocked, we start getting a layering effect of different illnesses, different discomforts throughout the body. Okay, so according to the theory, when stress accumulates and pain and discomfort escalate without any intervention, the disease process accelerates. And effectively, you're accessing these safety energy locks and energy pathways between them to remove blocks and then restore harmony. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll find out how Jennifer performs an initial assessment on a patient. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. DepoMed Incorporated, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing products to treat pain and other central nervous system conditions. Purdue Pharma making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. 
For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. We're here with Jennifer Bradley, certified Jensen Jitsu practitioner who works at the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center. Jennifer, what do you do to assess a patient before conducting a Jensen Jitsu session? We look at the physical body mm-hmm. to see how it's balanced and the way um, the structure is aligning. Okay. We lay them on the table. We might lift the legs, see where there might the body feels hot or cold, where where the body feels more dense or more light. And then we listen to the wrist. Oh, the wrists. That tells us what's happening in the body now because the effect or the disease may not be the initial cause of the disharmony. Mm -hmm. So in listening to the pulses, which they also do in Chinese medicine, that's what gives us the information of what the body would like to do now. Okay, and how about for patients who have pain? Chronic pain? Yeah. Um, We will listen to the body. The pain tells us where the disharmony is, but it doesn't necessarily tell us the cause. Mm -hmm. So we listen to the pulses, and that's how we start to work. And then we put our hands in specific positions one by one in what we call flows. And we have many of those opening pathways along these flows of energy. We observe the body as we work. I can watch the body physically move. I can watch people have energetic releases. They might have um, extra exhales. They might have physical movement. They Mm -hmm. might describe feeling energy through their body. And so as we do that then we start to see some physical changes in them. What And then what do patients feel during these sessions? What do they describe to you? They describe that it feels like their body is relaxed like a massage, but that their mind has cleared. Mm-hmm. They describe it as, I was asleep but wasn't asleep. Some actually can feel the energy and describe it moving on the pathway. Yeah. Some people feel their body shift. We can physically feel the body shift on the, you know, physicality on the outside. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they feel a feeling of shifting and realigning on the inside. And some people don't really feel anything. Okay. But they come off the table and they're very, very different. So everybody's awareness is really at a different level. Just as my awareness with the pulses and feeling the more I work and the more time I've practiced has become deeper. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk specifically about low back pain. How would you treat someone who has low back pain? Oftentimes I use a um, very simple flow that we call opposite fingers and toes. Uh And so we will travel through those two or three minutes on each finger and toe combination. And that travels through the vertebrae in three different levels to the other side of the leg. And I find that that is one of the most powerful flows for lower back pain and also for neuropathy and pain associated with diabetes and uh, chemotherapy agents. Wow. I mean, so it's pretty broad then in terms of its effect. Jennifer, do we know how Jensen Jitsu works on a physiological basis? For example, I read a study on heart rate and blood pressure in stroke patients, and the authors theorized that the heart rate decrease that was seen was a result of engaging the relaxation response by modulating the autonomic nervous system, which is the fight-or-flight response. Well, you know, I do think this does affect that autonomic nervous system, and when that slows and we're out of that fight-or-flight response, the body has the opportunity to open up and heal. I do some volunteer work with addicted babies, so they're all, you know, connected up to all of these monitors, and I see on a regular basis 
heart rate decreases, breath rate decreases, oxygen saturation increases. But I do believe that in the future, as our equipment becomes more able to observe these energy flows and fields, we will see that there's some other things going on as well. I agree, and I'm glad to see that your experience with addicted babies mirrors the results in stroke patients. Please join us for the second part of this show when we delve deeper into the technique, benefits, and self-help component of Jinsen Jitsu. Jennifer, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.